Hello everyone and welcome to the second episode of the Desert Shift. I'm Chase Pearson here with Tyler Cass. Tyler, how are you doing on this fine afternoon? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. A little nervous about something we're going to be talking about later. The uh, Jacob Chikrin trade. We're going to be talking about that first, actually. Oh, first. Or, yeah, well, actually, no, we have a, we have another trade, a trade that actually went through to talk yeah. about first. Sorry, that was, that was off my schedule. But, yeah, in today's episode, we're going to be talking about Jacob Chikrin, obviously. We're also begin, going to be touching on Vladimir Tarasenko in that whole trade and some other trade targets along with some other news that has happened and transpired in the past week. So let's kick it off with the big thing that's happened in the past week, maybe besides something that will happen within the next week, which is the Vladimir Tarasenko trade. So the trade is Vladimir Tarasenko and Nico Mikula, uh, Tarasenko's contract, is retained uh, by 50% by the Blues. And those two players get shipped off to the New York Rangers for a first-round pick, uh, which is conditional, a fourth-round pick, Sammy Blay and Hunter Skinner. The condition on that first-round pick, I believe it's whatever's lower, the Dallas pick or the Rangers pick, Um, but they're guaranteed one of the first-round picks that the Rangers do have. And, yeah, that is the the trade that happened. Probably, wasn't it like a couple hours or days after we recorded our first podcast? Yeah, I think it was a few days after. It's happened sometime last week. So. Yeah, yeah. I, it's been a while now. So, yeah. Tyler, let's hear your thoughts on it. Um, I, I think it's a, a really good trade for the Rangers. I, I initially thought of that uh, they were going to give up more for that, especially with the Blues retaining half Tarasenko's salary. Now it gives the Rangers a chance if they want to go out and make another trade. You know, there were rumors for Kane, but with Kane coming out and saying the whole thing about uh, what he said about the Rangers, I don't think that's going to happen, but maybe they go after another death piece now. So I, I think it's a good trade for the Rangers. Blues get a solid return back. You know, they get a first-round pick. They get Sammy Blay, who was with them before, who desperately needed a change of scenery. Oh, yeah. And uh, uh, an okay prospect in, in Skinner. So, you know, an, an okay return for the, the Blues. I thought they definitely could have gotten more. So a good trade for the Rangers. Yeah, I I think uh, my first thoughts on this trade was the Blues could have gotten more for Tarasenko because keep in mind Tarasenko was an elite goal scorer at a point of time. I would say so. I would go at that pace. He was one of the most elite goal scorers like in the 2017 season around that time. He was on the cover of an NHL video game for God's sakes. Like uh, that's not something to take lightly. I know he's he's uh hasn't hasn't had that amazing year that we've seen him in the past. He's been riddled with injuries and obviously that was a huge reason why he wanted to leave St. Louis is because of his injury history and rumors of him not being treated right. I think it was something with his uh, shoulder. Um but again, I I just think the Blues could have gotten a lot more. Uh Talking talking about what the Rangers got though, they got an amazing player. Um, I think putting him on a line with um, Panarin is one of the best moves. One could be one of the best moves of the trade deadline. What do you think? Yeah, I think those two will work really well together. You know, they they've been friends for a long time, uh, going back to Panarin's days in Chicago. And uh, I think putting Zabanja at the center gives them, like, legit, like, who, you know, one person 
uh, tries to stop Panera. You know, then you got two other legit scoring options on there. Same thing with the other two guys. Like, there's not really one like weak link on on that line if they keep it together for the whole season, which I think they will. Though know, they worked really well together the the first game where Tarasenko scored on this first shift. Uh, they worked great together uh, a few days ago in Carolina where Panarin had four goals. Yeah. So I just think that the chemistry is already there. You ha- you have three legit options. There are three weapons. So th- there's no reason to break them up, and they're going to do some damage going into the playoffs. Yeah, Tarasenko already in two games has a goal, his first goal as a New York Ranger. Let's flip on to what the Blues got back. They got a first-round pick, which, I mean, in this draft is always very, very uh pricey um it's probably one of the biggest assets that you're going to see coming into the trade deadline because this is a draft with a lot of good players i get a fourth round pick sammy blay goes back to the blues i don't know besides maybe a roster spot um if that makes a huge impact i mean he already has a goal (laughs) back with the blues he wasn't that good as a ranger but there he goes again with the blues so now the blues get uh, Buchnevich and uh, Blay, which is very funny. Uh, they also get Hunter Skinner, uh, decent prospect, not one they're high tier. I thought for sure they were going to get Kratzoff. Uh, yeah, I thought that they were going to have to give up one of their better prospects for Tarasenko. But then, then looking at it from the Rangers' perspective, is that they they have concerns with Tarasenko's injury history. They don't know if they're going to resign him. This could just be a half a season playoff rental you know he could go somewhere else so for the rangers i get them hesitating to want to give up one of their top prospects so i I thought the blues definitely could have gotten more for for that you know i I like skinner as a prospect i but i really thought that they could have gotten someone like hoffman or krovstov yeah i think this is going to be uh just purely a rental for the rangers they don't have a lot of cap space uh tarasenko is probably going to be asking for a decent amount of money uh, it's probably going to be one of his last contracts in the league. He is now on the older side, I believe early 30s. Yeah. Yeah, something around that. So, I mean, he's a cup champion. He knows what it takes to win. Uh, I think it's a good pickup for the Rangers, even though it's just going to be for this the rest of this season in the playoffs, and then I'm betting that he goes somewhere else. Um, but I really thought they were going to get Kratzov, especially with the Rangers wanting to move Kratzov. It's been the rumors that they are shopping him. So uh, that's interesting. And then also for the Rangers, they get Nico Mikola, a uh, good depth defenseman. They put uh, Lieber Hayek on waivers, and he went through. So, I mean, if they, they obviously really liked Mikola, and I think that's good that they got him. And, again, this... Honestly, it looks like a slam dunk for the Rangers unless that first-round pick turns into something massive. What do you think? Final thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, we're not we're not going to know how the whole trade shapes out uh, until a few years because who knows with Skinner, he could turn into a legit NHL player. Same thing with that draft pick that they uh, whoever they take, they could turn into a really good player. So I think right now the Rangers definitely won. But, you know, if, if the Blues could develop right, you know, Sammy Blay maybe... Uh, turns his career around a little bit, becomes a solid player for them, like he already was in the past. Mm-hmm. You know, Skinner turns out solid, and that first-round pick turns into something. Then the Blues could have uh, had a solid return looking at it down the road. Did Blay win the Cup with them yeah, in 2019? He, he did. I, I know he was on that team. I just didn't know if he was on the NHL squad or the AHL squad. But Yeah, he he won the Cup there, and uh, he was had, he was a really solid career there playing, you know, just third or fourth line, but mm. he couldn't really find it with the Rangers. I think... Uh, 
80-something games with the Rangers, and he didn't have a single goal. I think even still looking back at that trade, the Buchnevich for Blake trade, I still think the Blues won that. Oh, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Um, before I touch on what's going to be the main meat of this of this podcast, uh, there is something connected to the Tarasenko trade, which is Patrick Kane. Um, Patrick Kane, I mean, do we even need to explain what he is? He is one of the best goal scorers of the past generation, I would say, of, at least of our generation. Um, he won three Cups with Chicago, and now Chicago, obviously, in a what's going to be a very long rebuild. Um, he's on the block, and we all expected uh, New York to be one of the big contenders, at least one of the New York teams, uh, either the Islanders or the mm-hmm. Rangers. I think we all know and can safely say at this point that Buffalo will be making a massive swing for him in the offseason during uh, free agency because hometown kid. I think uh, Buffalo's not ready to give up that assets yet, and they know, and they've publicly said, hey, like we're going to try sign him in the offseason. But he was a little bit salty that um, Tarasenko went to the Rangers, and that doesn't free up a lot of cap space uh, for the Rangers to do any magic here. What do you think of Patrick Kane's comments uh, earlier this week? Uh, I actually think that they were interesting because I I personally thought that with the Blues retaining 50%, that the Rangers still had a chance to go after Kane because, in my opinion, they do have the assets to get him, you know. It probably cost them one of Lafreniere and Kako, probably Krostov, maybe Othman, but they had the assets to do it. So I think if they really wanted to go all in, they probably could have went out and gotten Kane. But, you know, now with the the comments that he made, uh, I I really don't think it's going to happen. Well, I think there's uh, two other issues with that. One is Patty Kane's on a 10.5 or 11 mil contract. And even if Chicago retains 50% of it, that's still 5 mil. That's still a lot. And the Rangers just acquired Tarasenko, even though he's 50% retained. The other thing is, now that you have Tarasenko, that top six is the worst king going to fit into that. Um, you have Panarin, Zibanejad, uh Tarasenko. You have, uh, who am I forgetting? Kreider. 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 Chris Kreider. Trocek. Yep, I almost forgot Trocek. There's one more. Um, they they insert Lafreniere, Kako in there. Uh, even Philip Heedle's turned into a solid. Philip Heedle is the everyone. Yeah, Heedle's really turned. <laughs> probably, I would honestly say, besides Shesterkin, probably has been their best prospect that has turned into like an NHL yeah, player. Yeah, I think he's taken over that second center spot. They put Trocheck down in the third line. Yeah. So. See, uh, so where's Kane gonna fit into that? Um, I, I I don't think he ends up in, in any of the New York squads because the Islanders got Horvat, the Rangers got Tarasenko. I think a good place for him. I think what a team that looks is going to look for him is going to be Carolina. Yeah, I don't think Chicago trades him uh, in division, and I don't even know about uh, in their conference. I think he definitely goes out east. So I think um, whichever team between the Devils, uh, maybe Toronto, Carolina, doesn't land, Timo Meyer mm. goes hard for Kane. Does he have a no-movement clause on his contract? I would imagine I, so. I think he does. Yeah, so it all depends on him, too. Um, we'll see what happens. He wants to win. Um, I know between him and Taze, he was the one vocal about, I thought it was going to be a Blackhawk for life. Uh, you know, I'll stick by, like, depending on what the plan is, but I think the organization wants to move on from him. They want to start a new era. They want to get as much assets as they can because they've already lost two big assets for nothing, which was Strom and then also Kubalik, which 
arguably was one of the worst moves in the past couple of years for the Blackhawks among a plentiful <laughs> bad amount of moves. Um, I'm looking at you, Seth Jones trade. Uh, so I, I think Kane ends, still ends up in the Eastern Conference. I would put a bet on it that Carolina, especially after losing Max Pacioretty, they would be looking at Patrick Kane. Yeah, and I think, uh, honestly, a Kane deal happens a lot later because he still said he hasn't made a decision on what he wants. And I think that a a lot of teams are going to go hard for Kane if they can't land Timo Meyer. Yeah, it's going to be a complicated trade, too, because of his huge salary. I would not be surprised if they get a third team involved to retain money. But we'll talk a little bit more about that and Taze in a little bit because I want to get on to Jacob... Freaking chickering. I mean, we're called the Desert Ship Podcast. We got to speak about Arizona at one point in time. Jacob Chickering, do you want to uh, give the full debrief of what's been going down? Uh, yeah, so Jacob Chickering's been rumored in uh, trade talk for a long time now. He's been pretty vocal about wanting out of Arizona. And now the talks are really heating up. You know, there's rumors about him going to the Kings with Brent Clark being involved. Those got shot down. Uh, now there's a lot of talks about a, a contract being involved in the Jacob Chikrin trade that uh, I believe the Kings want to move out. The Coyotes aren't sure about that. I've heard rumors about the goalies being involved, a goalie swap. So, you know, there's still a lot of moving pieces, but I think we should have a resolution in the next few days with Chikrin being scratched uh, these last two games for the Coyotes. Yeah, you hit the uh, the nail right on its head. Uh, Chikrin, I mean... How, how long has it been now? Like two, three years? Um, I think like two years he's been pretty vocal about wanting out. Yeah, whenever they started wearing the white Kachina, because they were going to focus on him being like the main core of this new regime, and then things soured, Chickering's like, I, I want to go. Um, I mean, that's understandable because, I mean, look, he's been with a Coyotes team that has made the playoffs once in his whole tenure. Um, I would... And they're rebuilding again. This is like the second, third time they're rebuilding with him on the squad. So I understand. Uh, we we talked plenty enough about Chikorin wanting out. But now it seems like it's finally coming to a conclusion after a whole year, probably since the last trade deadline, where we're like, shoot, this can actually happen. He's on a very team-friendly deal. He is a great defenseman that scores a lot. I think the one issue with him uh, is his injury history. Uh, he was injured earlier this year um i think that's one thing that teams are worried about uh and rightfully so but we we as you just said uh la has been attached to chickering for what seems like an eternity now um and now during super bowl sunday of course uh things like are finally coming seem like they're finally coming to an end um brant clark was supposedly part of the deal and then his agent shot that down. Uh, now we're hearing rumors that Kirill Vamelka for for the Coyotes, who I want to talk about in a second, is involved in the deal. Cal Peterson might be involved in the deal. Picks are most likely involved in the deal. Chikorin's on still has a year after the season on his team friendly deal. Um, you're a Kings fan. You're that. It's your second team. I, I don't like the Kings. Again, I'm here to not be biased, um, but I want I want you to kind of take it away with who the Kings might have to give away to get Chickering. Uh, I'm going to try my best to take a lot of personal bias out of this because 
you know, I have a, I have a lot of favorite players on the Kings that I don't want to see moved. I get but, it. But uh, I, I think that the the main piece going back would be that 2023 first round pick and maybe 2024, you know, definitely going to be first round picks involved. Mm-hmm. But player-wise, there's a few guys that I, I think could go the other way. The Kings have a ton of prospects, a lot of depth. One guy I definitely think um, is a prime target would be uh, Alex Turcotte mm-hmm. because he's he can't – he hasn't found anything in LA. He's had a few games where he's been called up, but he's been had a ton of injury history. He's kind of been, you know, locked down in the bottom six when he has played. So I, I think he is definitely a guy that the Kings would be looking to trade just for his sake because he still has some value being a fifth overall pick, I believe. And uh, you know, he he definitely needs a change somewhere where he could showcase his talent. Uh, the, the Kings also have a lot of prospects like uh, Pinelli who's tearing it up for the uh, Kitchener Rangers they have a guy uh, Alex Lafriere I, I know it's so similar to Lafriere but yeah I believe he plays for Harvard mm-hmm. and he's been tearing it up there Hobie Baker nominee so the Kings have a lot of guys who are tearing it up in other leagues who maybe the Coyotes would be interested in you know who will be able to make an impact in the NHL but not for another year or two when they're looking to actually compete yeah I think two things that the Kings are looking for is the left-handed shot defenseman, which Chikorin is, and the starting goaltender, which Kirill Vimelka is. I want to talk about Vimelka for a second, and then we're going to get back to what you said. Uh, Vimelka, goaltender, starting goaltender for the Coyotes, arguably one of the best goaltenders in the Western Conference, even though he's on a crappy team. I think if he was on a team like the Kings, I think his re- his whole percentages and records and stats would just inflate because I think he's that good. Um, and I think he's probably one of the Coyotes' best assets besides Chikrin, besides Keller, maybe besides some other ones. I mean, um, obviously you got the Cooley Gunthers, um, but I'm talking about players that are currently on the team. I think out of the whole team, I think he's one of the most valuable assets. Uh, I want your thoughts on Vimelka before I start talking about uh, your previous thoughts about L.A. Uh, I I think uh, Vimelka steals half the games the Coyotes Absolutely. win. Absolutely. And, and I mean that, uh, like, you know, Vimelka, I don't know what the Coyotes should do with him because he has a ton of value right now. Yeah. And, and the problem is the Coyotes don't have a ton of goaltender depth with in no, terms of prospects. And you have a guy who I believe wants to be there. I think Vimelka likes playing for the Coyotes. So I, I think that, you know, you could get a ton back for him, but, you know, if you're able to lock him up, I believe he has a He's year, too. year left after this, yeah. I think. So if you're able to, to lock him up long-term, you know, that kind of solves your starting goaltender issues when you want to start to compete. So, you know, trading him, you could probably get a decent amount of value back, but, you know, you're, you're also risking your goaltender future because you don't have a guy right now that's, like, an elite goalie prospect. I think uh, if you're Bill Armstrong, I think you keep Vimelka. I think that's one of the key pieces you keep. I mean, you're going to get rid of Bukestad. You're going to get rid of Chickering. You're most likely going to get rid of like players like Stetcher, uh, players like that. But in my opinion, they should keep Vimelka. He's a younger goaltender. He's on a good contract right now. Of course, he only has like a year left on his DLC. Um, but he is he wants to stay in Arizona. And you don't get a lot of that nowadays. I mean... Clayton Keller, Christian Fisher, uh, players like that, obviously. But like gold, like this is a goaltender that could be a great piece to your team when you finally come out of this rebuild. So I think they should uh, keep Vimelka. If they do trade Vimelka, 
I would advise them to get a lot back because, again, young goaltender, good contract, good stats. Those are three things um, that you don't find a lot currently in the NHL, in the Western Conference at, at least. I'm going to hop back to your uh, quotes about uh, the Kings. I mean, they have one of the best prospect pools still, like in the NHL, and they have a lot of their prospects in the NHL. You mentioned Alex Turcotte, I mean, the untouchables, Brent Clark, Quinn Byfield. You also have Gabe Velarde. You have all of these uh, prospects and younger players that are making impacts in the NHL. And it's hard to top, to crack that top six, even with that, because you have Anze Kopitar, you have Victor Arvidsson, you have Kevin Fiala, you have Byfield, you have all those players that I just mentioned, you have Philip Deneau, you, I mean, I can go on and on about their forward group. Insane. And they gave up their first-round pick this year in the Fiala trade, correct? Yeah. Yes. They 2022 first. Yes. So that is not going to be, you mean a 2023? No, 2022. Oh, yeah. So they gave up last year's. Yeah. Sorry. That, forgot that. They have 2023 and 2024. You're correct. Yeah. Years. That is my bad. I forgot they trade Fiala before the draft. Yeah. Um, so that 2023 pick is in play. Um, I think another player that gets moved on the defense core is someone like a Sean Walker, someone that is currently on that left-hand defense but needs to be slotted out for Jacob Chikorin to go in. I think a reason for one of those players to be traded is because, A, I mean, they're still NHL-caliber players, even if they're maybe uh, arguably seventh defenseman material. And on Arizona, they would probably get a chance to play, especially if Chicken are now gone. Gospair probably leaving during trade deadline. There might be some other players. like um, There's there's one other defenseman, Troy Stetcher. Uh, Troy Stetcher might be leaving. Uh, players like this uh, that are most likely going to leave a open slot into the Coyotes' defense. And I think uh, L.A. wants to get rid of some a little bit of cap, too, to get Chicken back, even though he's on a good good deal. And then if Vimelka gets traded, I'd imagine uh, Arizona asks for a goaltender back. That would be one of your favorite players, uh, Cal Peterson. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about Cal Peterson? Um, I, you know, I've, I've liked Cal Peterson ever since the, uh, the AHL. I used to watch him when he was with the Reign. Uh, once he got called up, you know, he, was, he would back up quick uh, when those Kings had, like, the really bad defense, guys like Paul Ledoux. You know, just a really bad defense. And I would watch him steal games for the Kings, kind of like Vimelka does now. And, uh, you know, last year he struggled a little bit. His problem is he makes these ridiculous saves. You know, you know, if the defense breaks down, he'll be able to bail you out. But he'll let in the weakest goals. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if it's a confidence issue. They sent him down to, to Ontario again to try and let him regain his confidence. I still think that he has the skill and what it takes to be an NHL goalie. I just think he has to regain that confidence and find his game again, which he is doing in the, the AHL. So personally, I th- I think that the Kings should keep him because I do th- still think that there's an NHL player there. But I, I get them wanting to move him because his contract is a little bit high. And, you know, right now you don't really want to carry three goalies. But, you know, if you call Cal up, you kind of have to. And the same thing with trading for a guy like Vimelka. Then you're forced to carry Quick around with, you know, with the team and scratch him because... You know, it's just like a respect thing for Quick, you know. Yeah. He's not really an NHL player anymore, but, you know, you got to kind of keep him around before he retires. I believe he's going to retire at the end of the year. I think so, too, especially with the Kings now having both 
Peterson and Copley, which we'll get to in a second, um, under contract uh, through next season and possibly if they trade, make a deal for Vanilka, um, that you still have uh, two players, two goaltenders in, under contract. Um, respect to Quick, though, as a Sharks fan, like we battled him. He's been one of the best goaltenders uh, in the 2010s, I think, 2012 and 2014, when it happened without him. Um, I think he's one of the best American goaltenders of all time, yeah. period. Um, he's definitely going in the Hockey Hall of Fame. He is definitely getting his number retired. Dustin Brown had his number yeah, retired. Shout Quicks, out to Dusty. Uh, uh, Quick's absolutely going to have his number retired. Um, so I wonder, uh, I wonder, they're probably going to keep him, but I wonder what they do with their goaltending if they do uh, acquire Vanilka. Uh, yeah, because you're kind of forced to carry around three goalies, and I think yeah. they're hesitant to do that. But I mean, quick right now, I don't. He hasn't won a game in in months. It's the longest streak of his career without wins. You know, they try and play him against the bad teams. I think they started him both games against the Flyers, and they lost. You know, he's. You know, you, they've tried to start him on back to backs, and he just. You know, it's sad to see, but he just doesn't really have it anymore. So, you know, you kind of need to get another goalie that can play, you know, and win yeah. games with quick, you know, the team goes out there, they try their best to win, but you just feel like, you know, you're, when quick is in net, you're not going to win the game. And it's weird because he had an incredible playoff performance yeah. last season against the Oilers, arguably, like, that was one of the best first round uh, series in the past couple of years, um, it was, even as someone who doesn't like Edmonton, doesn't like L.A., that was one of the most entertaining series in a while. Uh, so I think Jacob Chickering is going to the Kings. I ultimately think that is where he's going to, even though it hit a snag. I think uh, Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick described it best on their 32 Thoughts podcast earlier today. They're past the, uh, ooh, I like that person stage. Ooh, I'm going to slip notes into the little locker <laughs> saying I, I like you and stuff. I think they're at the point where, one of them needs to ask the other out to prom, and then we can go through it. I think that's a great example of where we're at. I 100% think he's going to L.A. What do you think, final yeah, thoughts? Uh, I think he's going to end up a king, and I think they were kind of kind of keep the rumors a little bit quiet this weekend with Brown's whole jersey retirement going yeah. on. I think the whole front office was busy with that. You know, I, I didn't think they wanted to put a, they didn't really want to put a lot of like attention on Chickering with all the rumors going around. I think they wanted to make it about Brown. And then with the Super Bowl going on yeah. yesterday, I think that they were just trying to keep attention away from Chickering. But now that that's all you know passed by, I think it's going to really start heating up, and we're going to see an announcement maybe by tonight or at least the next few days. Final thoughts: What the package is going to be. Uh, I, I honestly don't think Sean Walker is going to be a part of it. I think he does get traded, but I think it's he goes to a team like Ottawa or something else. I, I think uh, if there's a defenseman included, it's going to be Sean Dersey or Jordan Spence. Um, Forward-wise, uh, I think Turcotte is involved, and then even Arthur Kaliev could be a part of it. Mm. You know, And then goalie-wise, I, I if the goalies are included, I think the Kings will have to add a little bit more including Peterson, to get Vimelka. But I think, you know, the two firsts, either Spencer Dersey and then Turcotte and maybe Kaliev, I think that's what it's going to be. I think uh, to get Chikorin, I think there's going to be one of two different scenarios. And then I'll add a third one there. One is that Chikorin's contract gets 25 50% retained by the Coyotes so they can get more value. Um, 
two, that does not happen, the no salary retained, or three, goaltenders get included. I would say a first-round pick this year, 100% included. I think that's a shoo-in. I think Kaliev and Turcotte, one of those two, or both those two, definitely a shoo-in. I think they add maybe a bottom six contract uh, if they don't include goaltenders. Who that is specifically, I don't know. But I think they add a contract from the bottom six because, again, you have all these youth going into the lineup that they want to get in the lineup. I know there's been issues with that, with either some of them getting injured uh, or whatever, or they want them playing in the AHL with that with Ontario to get more playing time. I just think something happens with a four group. No one exciting like those prospects we mentioned. Um, besides those prospects we should we mentioned, I should say. But again, I think someone that we're not suspecting gets, gets ended up in there. Uh, I was thinking a guy that fits that pretty well is Carl Grundstrom, mm. who they got from Toronto a few years ago. Uh, he's only 25, I believe. Yeah, he's um, young. And, you know, he's not really having, well, I wouldn't say a career year because he's not a huge goal scorer, but yeah. I think he, before he got hurt, he was on pace for like 15 goals, which is solid for, for you know, a fourth-line guy. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that, you know, he's tough. He was one of their best players in the playoffs last year. I yeah. think, you know, he, he's a guy that the Coyotes could target to, to add some grit to their bottom six and, you know, Maybe a guy nobody was really expecting, but uh, the Kings could include him in there. I'm going to say, like, that that's a good good prediction. I'm going to say a mid-round pick if Chikorin's salary isn't retained and there's no goaltenders. If the Coyotes decide to add the Melka into the deal, Cal Peterson, I would say, is 100% going back the other way. I would, I would put in a first-round pick, another first-round pick, because I think the Melka is worth that much. So that's what I think. Yeah, if if the goal if if Amelka is involved, I definitely think the Kings have to get rid of two first round picks for that, and you know may, maybe they they add in uh, a few mid round picks with it. So we'll see what happens. I think that ju- that addresses all of LA's issues. If they do that, if they give Amelka and Chikrin, I think they be instantly become a Stanley Cup favorite. Yeah, and I also think there's some urgency in that that front office for the Kings because you know this is probably Quick's last year. You don't know how many years Kopitar has left. You know. Dowdy. Uh, I mean, Dowdy, you probably have for a long time, but Kopitar, you know, he still has a few years left on his contract. He's getting up there in age, but, you know, his production might drop off a little bit. He's still having a really elite year, but, you know, you don't really know what's going to happen there. So you could see a drop-off just like what happened with Quick. So I I do think similar with the Bruins that the Kings kind of feel like their next few years are kind of like the last hurrah with that core Quick, Dowdy, Kopitar to really go in and win the Cup. Kopitar is 35, Dowdy is 33. So I think you still have a couple more years of Kopitar, at least three or four. I think he's that good of a player, even at his current age. He's doing amazing. I think he he should win a Selkie, like, sooner or later. Um, And then Dowdy, I mean, he's on that big, big deal uh, for a little bit longer. So I agree with you. I think, I don't think, this is the season that they're going to, like, say, okay, this is our final season to win with this the remaining core from the 2012-2014 team. I think when Kopitar and Dowdy get in their really late 30s, I think they're like, okay. But I think if, if even if they don't make this deal, I think the Kings are going to be competitive for a very, very long time. Yeah, and this checker and root move is also a long-term move. Yes. So, you know, when you get to, to the stages where you don't know if Kopitar and Dowdy can, can do it anymore, you're going to still most likely have Chikrin. But then you're also going to have the guys like Byfield, you know, if they have, 
if they keep like Kupari, Kali, and Velarde, they're all going to be in their primes for that. So, you know, this this move will help them compete. I think they could definitely win a few rounds this year. Yeah. You know, in two or three years, they'll have Chikrin in his prime with all these prospects that they have also entering their prime. Absolutely. Uh, I think if they land Chikrin and the Milka, I think that will be a king's ransom. Ha <laughs> 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 Okay, anyway, off that bad joke, staying on topic with the LA Kings, Phoenix Copley extension, one year, $1.5 million the Alaska native Tyler again you're a Kings fan well let's hear your thoughts first uh I, it's just a really good good depth signing for the Kings you know because we don't really know what's gonna happen with that with you know I'm gonna wait to see after the trade to to see what happens with their goaltender situation but you have a guy who who gets you wins you know his yeah. save percentage isn't great i think it's like 900 a little above that but mm-hmm. he he's already doubled quicks win total for the season i think he has like 16 or 17 and only 20 something games yeah so you know he, he's just the guy that gets you wins and only for 1.5 million i think that's really solid for a backup goalie so at first glance uh as goals against average and save percentage he has a goals against average of 2.77 this season and a save percentage of 0.901 he has a record though of sixteen three and one, from someone that has watched the Kings constantly because my team is in their division. Um, Copley saved their season, arguably. Yeah, I mean, you know, the Kings have the talent that where you really only need to to give up like three or four goals a game, mm-hmm. and the Kings will outscore the other team. The yeah. problem with like quick was he was giving up six or seven goals and it was constantly like a chase yeah you know it'd just be back and forth it would be a chase but now you know if the kings get through even three goals they just feel confident that they can get a win even with copley and his stats not being that great yeah and it's crazy to think because copley only started one game in the nhl last year with washington and now he's started 21 he's going to pass his totals of 24 his career totals of 24 in the 2018-19 uh, season with Washington. Um, I think this is a good extension. It's good value. It's only 1.5 mil. It's only for one year. So I'm assuming like they have a really good goaltender in their starting position, whether that be Peterson or not, whether that be Vimelka or not, by that year's end. Um, also, Alaska native. I love that. Yeah, do you, do you see his new new helmet? Yeah, he, he put uh, Alaska on there with the star on Anchorage. I believe he's from there. Yeah, he's uh, from North Pole, Alaska. Yeah, <laughs> okay, good. that's that's great. Um, yeah, shout out uh, all the Alaska players <laughs> in the league, which is not very many, but even on the ASU women's hockey team, there's three or four of them that really? are from Alaska. Yeah, so Alaska quickly becoming a hotbed for hockey. I mean, and then shout out the ECHL Alaska Aces <laughs> that used to play there. They had a really cool polar bear logo. Uh, but yeah, like I said, great, um, great deal for the Kings. Let's move yeah. on to one more extension that took place this week. Uh, Dylan Cousins uh, got a seven by seven point one uh, million dollar ex- uh, extension. He currently has seventeen goals, twenty seven assists, forty four points this season in fifty games. 95 points in 170 games played uh, in his whole career. He was drafted 7th overall back in 2019 by Buffalo. And that's just another player that Buffalo locks up in their core. 
Yeah, uh, I think it's a great deal for the Sabres, especially by the time uh, in five or six years when the cap goes up, that 7.1 is going to look more like 5.1. And, you know, you have a guy who's already almost a point per game. Mm -hmm. You know, who knows? I think he's only 21 now. What was that? I think he's only 21 now, 22. Yes, he is 22. Yeah, a guy that's only 22, and he's already put up uh, almost a point per game, a little bit under. You know, he's got that chemistry with Thompson and, uh, you know, Alex Tuck. And, you know, it gives them the opportunity to go after guys like Patrick Kane in the offseason who might demand a big contract. When you have, you know, these these really good players who, you know, they're, they're, they could be stars, and, you know, they're not making north of $8 million. I think this is the best asset management that we've seen the Sabres have in a very long time. They're signing these prospects uh, to kind of cheap ex extensions. Not, I wouldn't say cheap, cheap, obviously, but cheap in the fact that when they start playing, they break out, and that contract looks genius. We saw that with the Tage Thompson extension, and now he's looking like an absolute superstar. That O'Reilly trade that we all said was a bust for Buffalo way back when is now looking like a slam dunk for Buffalo. Um, I mean, they did that with a couple of their other players, too, and now they... Dahlien got an extension. It was... You were dull. It was. I know Matias Samuelson got one. Yeah, and there was one more. Um, but I mean, again, like this is a team that, you know, again hasn't been good for the past like ten something years, and now uh, they're locking these players up. JJ uh, Paterka was the other one, I believe. Do not quote me on that. Um, so they're locking these players up. Uh, early on, and I mean, <laughs> it just looks genius by Buffalo. I mean, I think this is a good contract, and I think this will be a really good contract by the time it ends. Um, I think Dylan Cousins is an exciting player. I think uh, he has great chemistry, as you said, with Tage Thompson. That just adds to this core that we're starting the C form of Thompson, Paterka. Uh, you have uh, Uka Pekka Lukanen in net. You have Payne Krebs as well. You have all these, ex Rasmus Dahlin, how could I forget? Um, you have all these exciting young players. You're most likely going to get Patrick Kane in the offseason. If he doesn't go there, I'm going to be very surprised because that's his hometown. They were they said they were going to highly pursue him in the offseason. I really hope they make the playoffs. Yeah, as if if the Islanders miss, I, I hope Buffalo is the team that that makes it instead. Yeah, I just think it's important to you know keep this core together mm -hmm. for as long as possible. And now you already have two guys locked up for a long term. Even Jeff Skinner, even though his contract's a little high, you have him locked up. For it a looks while. better now because yeah, he's been better. he's been good. There's like those two seasons he was absolute garbage, and now he's been playing way better, um, as you were saying, and. Uh, like I said, like that's just like you said, that's in their piece of the core, and they want to stay in Buffalo, obviously, because they signed this extension. Unlike past, when you had like Jack Eichel and Ryan O'Reilly and Sam Reinhart and Taylor Hall, like all and uh, Linus Olmark or Linus Olmark, like though all the, all five of those players at one point in time said they didn't want to be in Buffalo. I think maybe Taylor Hall was the only one that maybe said that. I know he's been very vocal about going to a winning team, um, <laughs> as mentioned, when he got dealt from Devils to the Coyotes, when he got dealt from the Sabres to the Bruins. Like, 
again, they're adding players that want to be there, and that's always great. Yeah, yeah and I, I, th- I think that, you know, the cap is going to go up a decent amount in the next five or six years, and by, mm-hmm. by the time that happens, you know, these I do think that these seven million contracts are going to look more like five or six that yeah. we see now. So it's going to look even better in a few years. Absolutely. Um, let's move on to some trade deadline stuff. Uh, I want to talk about a big rumor uh, before we start. Before I start listing out some players, and I'm going to ask you their thoughts. Uh, so let's let's do uh, this huge one first, and then I'll spit out some player names, and I'll uh, ask you for your thoughts. But Eric Carlson is on the trade rumor. Man, oh man, did I think a year ago this would ever happen? Absolutely not, but the man has been absolutely lethal this season on his $11.5 million contract for four more years. He currently is leading the league in by, for defensemen in offensive scoring with 73 points, 55 assists, 18 goals in the 54 games played. I think he breaks the record that has stood since Mike Bossy, I believe, or... Was it Mike Bossy or I don't know? Bossy was, was a forward. Yeah, see, I'm tripping. It was uh, Brian Pop, Tri- maybe did Potvin or Tri- Potvin was a defenseman. Yeah, it was Potvin or it was someone. It was someone on the Islanders team. Yeah, Denny Potvin was a defenseman. It, it was, was very good. Someone on the Islanders team that was the last defenseman to have a hundred points, and now Eric Carlson is looking like he is going to catch up and finally break that long drought. We thought EOC was going to do it last year. He did not. Come on. Eric Carlson has now been a Norris Trophy. He's probably the favorite now. I think he gets it. But, Tyler, I mean, before I hop into my thoughts, because I am the Sharks fan here, I do have thoughts. The whole thing is that Eric Carlson has been rumored to go to Edmonton. Edmonton is highly pursuing him. Your thoughts? Um... I do think the Sharks should move him now just because his contract is so high that this is probably the only time that you're going to be able to move him and actually get a very good return for him. Because, you know, the, the, the stats that he's putting up right now, uh, I think that he'll still be a, a good player the next few years, but are we going to see him put up 100 points for the next two to three years? Probably not. But uh, I, I think this is the time where you have to move him to get rid of that 11.5 even if, if you have to retain a little and still get a really good return for him. So I apologize. This is actually Brian Leach was the fa- yeah. last uh, defenseman that hit 100 points in a season. That was back in 1991-92. I got the area right with New York. <laughs> just wrong New York team. But Brian Leach was the last one to do it. Eric Carlson about to break that uh, for the first time in 20-plus years. Oh, Eric Carlson. I mean, man, let me take you back to 2018-19, Tyler, and fans. The, the year was 2018. The Sharks swung a trade with the Ottawa Sanders to acquire Eric Carlson. We had Eric Carlson and Brent Burns on the blue line, and man, was I excited. And then I saw Eric Carlson and his defensive liability. Um, and honestly, he's been frustrating sometimes as a Sharks fan because... I always thought that extension was way too high. I was one of the few Sharks fans that didn't think that we should resign him. I, don't get me wrong. I love Eric as a perf- as a person. Eric has done nothing but great things for the community of San Jose and for the team of San Jose and just has been overall great to the fans, 
great to the team. I was fortunate enough to um, watch him play numerous times. I was fortunate enough to be on uh, near the ice with him a couple times. He's a great guy, um, so don't get me wrong there. But, um, man, his play has been frustrating uh, ever since joining the Sharks. Probably that year after they almost made that cup run, the Sharks sunk him and his $11.5 million contract looked terrible. And the Sharks fans even booed him at the... um, at the opening night uh, this past year. And I don't think, I, I wouldn't boo him. I don't boo players unless it's really warranted. Um, I don't boo the team unless it's really warranted. I don't think Eric Carlson deserves to be booed. I, I think he, yes, he's had injury issues. He's been struggling recently, but I mean, now he's laughing at your guys' faces. He He's going to hit 100 points. Edmonton wants him, and that's going to be probably one of the most complex trade, complex trades that we've ever seen in NHL history because he has an $11.5 million contract for four more years. There is no way in hell the Sharks are going to retain 50% of that for four more years because they are already eating at the Martin Jones buyout. I believe they retained some of the Brent Burns deal as well. So you, you, you're not going to retain more money on a team that needs to lose money quickly. Um, I think the only way that this deal gets done is if a third team comes in. And if that third team comes in, what are we going to give up? Because they're going to be eating 2.5, at least 2.5 mil for the next four years as well. So you're going to need to pay San Jose a King's Ransom, the third team a King's Ransom. Because, again, this is the highest value I think Eric Carlson has been in his whole career, even in Ottawa, simply because this is his best points per season that we've seen him in his whole career, which is crazy to say because I would say in Ottawa, he was one of the best defensemen in the league at that time, especially in that 2017 run. And it's going to be interesting. I would say it doesn't get done if I was a betting man. I think they will try because, again, I don't think... Uh, Ken Holland wants to waste any more of Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl's prime careers, especially with McDavid and Dreisaitl entering the second half of their contract. And who knows what's going to happen if um, McDavid doesn't win anything by the time his contract ends. And I'm not saying that he's going to leave. I'm saying it's a possibility. Maybe not a big one, but it could be a possibility. But I think if Eric Carlson gets dealt... I think it's more of an off-season thing because I think from now until the puck drop in the beginning of the of next season, that is the prime time to trade Eric Carlson. Yeah, I, I definitely think it's an off-season thing, but uh, I'm very curious to see if the Kings do get Chikrin, how desperate the Oilers get because, you know, the Kings getting Chikrin, I believe, makes them the favorite in the Pacific, and I, I think that if that happens, then the Oilers are going to be desperate because they're they're honestly right now they're probably the fourth best team in the Pacific, you know I I don't see them winning a uh, even the first round series with the team that they have right now. I agree. So if the Kings land Chikrin, I I could see them getting def- desperate and giving up a lot to get Carlson by the deadline to try to push them over the top, because because putting Carlson on that team 
They're they're gonna score seven or eight goals. Their power lot. play will be elite. But you, you know their their defense right now is pretty bad. You know Nurse Barry CC are all not great defensively. And putting Carlson there, Barry's been pretty good this really? year though. Yeah, they, he's I, they value him highly now because apparently he's been a really big locker room uh, like presence. So what I've heard from rumors and Elliot Friedman and all these insiders is that they don't want to give up Barry unless it's a good deal. Yeah, but I still think that they're they don't have a great defensive I agree. Uh, team. Yeah. So you know, I, I think that they they will give up a ton of goals, but you know, getting Carlson, will, you'll obviously score a ton of goals with McDavid. Oh yeah. But I I think that they're getting to to the point where they're getting desperate. They know they have to win the next few years, you know, to keep McDavid happy. Because if you if they don't win. Uh, if they don't even get to the finals with McDavid, I see that as a huge failure. You have two of the best players in the league, and you can't even... The farthest they've made it is the third round, and but they got swept, right? Something. Yeah, they got swept yeah. by the Avs. Uh, like, that was the highest they ever so, made it. So I think that they're, they're going to start getting desperate to try and win with the core that they have now, and this, they don't want to risk losing McDavid and Dreisaitl. Yeah, so with uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl... They've only won two playoff series, not including the play-in round that they had um, in the... Uh, wait, no, they didn't even win that round, did they? No, they lost, I believe. I don't really They lost to one that was... It was to Chicago, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah, because Chicago went into the first round that year and got destroyed by Vegas in five. Yeah, yeah. so they've only won two rounds. Since uh, having McDavid and Dreisaitl. I thought they won one in 2017. So they won one in 2017. Okay, sorry. I'm, they won three. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> saying it correctly. Sorry about that. Um, so they won one in 2017 when they took out the Sharks. <laughs> um, I remember that. Uh, so 2017. 2022, they won against... Beat the Kings and the Flames. They beat Flames. the Kings. They beat the Flames. They Lost, but the Avs... They've won nothing else. Yep. They've gotten swept by the Jets. They've gotten eliminated by, we said, embarrassed by the Blackhawks, I would say. I'm going to use that term because that is embarrassing when you lose the Chicago Blackhawks when they were rebuilding. Um, yeah, Jesus Christ. Like, right now, they're not even playoff locks. Like I, I think yeah. they'll make it, but you have the best player in the league and arguably the second or third best and you're not even a lock to make the playoffs. They just got Evander came back, so I think that will yeah. boost them. But like we said in the last episode, like we're we're taking them to get into the wild card, not even the top three in the Pacific. Because again, I think I I would argue even with Eric Carlson that they're probably not a top three team in the Pacific if LA gets Chickering, if Vegas gets someone big, because they will because of the Mark Stone yeah. injury. I think even still Seattle's better than them. Um, so it, it's interesting. I think they're a lot better than last year with their depth. Yeah. But at the same time, just those top three teams in the Pacific got better. And yeah. that sucks for them. And I, I also think with Edmonton, I, I don't think they have, they don't really have a ton of prospects to give up. No, they don't. So, you know, if they want to make a trade for Carlson, I think they're going to have to give up a lot of first round picks. Because really, they, they don't have a ton of good prospects. And even, you know, young guys in their lineup right now, Pujarvi has been pretty bad, and it's been known that he's going to be gone. And it's really just like Yamamoto, and they don't really have a Dylan ton. Holloway, Dylan Holloway. Dylan Holloway. So besides that, I don't think they have a ton to give up. So 
if they want if they want to make a trade for Carlson, I think they're gonna have to give up two or three of their first round picks in the future. I think Philip Broberg is another one on their defense. That yeah, it's a decent. Uh, but you know, in my opinion, there's not really like one guy that you could just shoot in and be like, you know, this is like an elite prospect. We want him. I think Callaway at best is one yeah. of those players. Um, but again, I we'll see. Uh, I think I'll leave it at this though. If the Eric Carlson trade goes through, if this actually comes to fruition, which on record, I don't think is going to happen because it's ridiculous amount. They're going to have to give up not just to the Sharks, but the third team that is going to retain uh, salary. Because I can tell you right now, the Sharks should not <laughs> retain 50% of Eric Carlson's contract. I think this looks like an NBA trade <laughs> of it. Just a yeah. ton of first, maybe Dylan Holloway, maybe Jesse Pooley-RV if he doesn't get traded at that point. Um, and just stuff like that. Yeah, that's that's why I think it's more of an off season thing. Teams will have a ton of a ton of time to figure and talk things out, you know. Uh, so that's I I think it happens in the off season. I think they target in our defenseman that we'll talk about in a second. But I'm gonna give you some names right now, Tyler, and I want you to list your thoughts on them and who you think is going to be the best team to get that the best team that they could go to that is probably interested in them. Are you ready? Yep. All right. The first one is Jacob Vrana. Whole backstory on this one, because I'm going to give backstory about at least Vrana. Whole backstory is that Vrana uh, went to the uh, Players Substance Abuse Program, came back, played two games with Detroit, maybe two games with Detroit after he came back. But in any case, he got shipped down to the AHL, Grand Rapids, finally found his game. Sounds like he's getting shipped, though. Uh, Detroit Insider said that he probably played his last game. With the Red Wings, although he that Verona did come out and say, I love wearing the wing, I'm proud to wear the wing, but he it sounds like he his time with Detroit is probably nearing its end. What do you think? Uh I I think Verona is is a good player and I, I see a, a lot of uh bottom feeder teams taking a flyer on him. Because I, I think Detroit will have to give up a draft pick with him because he has a, a pretty high contract for the next two years. Mm-hmm. So I definitely see a team like uh, Arizona taking a chance on him. Uh, I, I don't really see Chicago doing that. I don't, you know, there's teams that I, I could see buying in on a player, like taking a chance at the deadline, like, like the Ducks and the Coyotes. But, you know, uh, I, I don't see him going to a contender with that contract. I think uh, you put the team there that I think he would go to, which is the Coyotes, because, again, unless you're retaining that salary, um, I think you're sending him to a rebuilding team. Um, I think Arizona would be perfect because his contract ends in two years. That's around the time Arizona wants to be good. If he turns out great with them, that's a great piece to their top six. If he doesn't, they can ship him off that final year of his contract, get some assets or whatever they're playing uh, when they get to wherever they want to be in two years. And, uh, yeah. I even think Columbus could take a chance because Columbus is a team that has assets to be good next year. They've just been riddled by injuries. You know, Columbus could, could take Verona, you know, maybe get a second-round pick with him, you know, try out Verona in their top six, see how he fits there. And if he, he isn't great, you know, they do have some cap space. He'll be out of there in a year or uh, two. So I think that Columbus could take a flyer on him. Luke Shen. Of Vancouver. Yeah, I, th- I think that he's he's close to being traded. Uh, we saw 
Calgary and Boston, I think, were the two teams that wanted him. I think he ends up in, in Boston uh, just because Calgary, you know, they're, they're not a shoe in to make the playoffs. Uh, I don't know how much Vancouver was asking for, but we've seen guys like similar similar, similar skill, like David Savard, get a first-round pick. So, you, you know, I don't know how willing Calgary would be to give up a first-round pick, especially for, it, like, a bottom-pair defenseman. But uh, I think Boston would love to have that depth, and they'd be willing to give up a decent amount for him. I would say Boston is definitely one of the big ones. Uh, I think Tampa would be in it, too. They know the player. They yeah. know him. They, um, <laughs> This is the type of move that they like to make. So I think he goes to one of those two teams with a second and third, maybe. I don't think he gets a first, because I do think David Savard at that time was better yeah. than what Lucien is now. But I think Vancouver gets a good asset from him. Yeah. Um, Shane Gossespierre. Gossespierre is interesting because he's hurt right now. Mm-hmm. And I definitely think that tanked his value a little bit. But uh, you're when you get him back, you are getting a very good offensive defenseman. A guy that's great at moving the pucks. A guy that can easily slot on your first power play unit. And, you know, a, a guy that, that you could just, you know, rely on to get you points on the back end. He's not the strongest defensively, but if you ever have a team with a very good defensive core already, like a lot of contenders do, he can really put you over the top offensively on that defense. I think Ghost Bear is one of the uh, most underrated uh, defense yeah. uh, defensemen in the league. Um, he can score. He plays good defense. I think whoever gets him is lucky to have him. I think this is the defenseman that I was alluding to earlier that Edmonton targets. I think this would be the best move for them, I think, is to get someone like Shane Gossespierre, kind of like what they uh, did with Brett Kulak uh, last season. Um, they get their defenseman. This one is more of an offensive one. I think you're giving up a first-round pick. Yeah, I, I definitely think that the, the injury hurt his value a little bit. You know, I, I could have seen the Coyotes getting a first and, like, a mid-prospect for him before that. Now I, I think that his the price will just be a first. Maybe, you know, the Coyotes will probably retain salary on him because I think he's making, like, 5.5 now. Yeah. So it's a little bit much. But, you know, getting a guy like that for only, like, $3 million, if the Coyotes retain, then uh, I think that the Coyotes will be able to get at least a first for him. Expiring contract at the end of the season. And, yeah, he's been really good this season. Um, Jonathan Taze. D- Taze, uh, I, I think he gets moved. I'm just curious where because... The teams that I think get him are all in the central. I think that Colorado is the main target that they chase is their main target. I also think Minnesota could try and get him if they're able to bring in a third team and get a lot of that salary down. Uh, the only team out east that I could see trying for him is maybe Carolina, you know, maybe Tampa, just because uh, you know you, you get a winner, you know what you're getting with him. But uh, I think that Colorado is going to go hard for him. I don't know how willing Chicago is to trade him in the division, but if they could get a really good return for him, then I I think they would be okay with it. I think uh, you got one of them correct, like absolutely right. I think Colorado is absolutely interested in him. That seems like the type of uh, player that Colorado would really want, which is a center, um, especially if someone like Newhook on their second center line right now. Um, I don't think they have all the confidence in him in the whole world. Colorado has assets. I think um, 
Another one could be Boston. I think Boston could absolutely put him on their bottom six lines if Taze is okay playing bottom six. I think Carolina is another one um, if he's okay playing bottom six options. Um, I don't think, I think unlike a lot of these players that we listed, I think his value isn't going to be as inflated. I think you get a second and third for him because, again, I don't think he's all that anymore. I think um, I, I, that's it's what Chicago is asking. It has literally came out that Chicago is asking for a second uh, round pick for Taze. So I think if they if uh, uh, Chicago retains fifty percent and you only give up a second for him, I think that's that's great for whoever is receiving him. Yeah, uh, the and the reason I threw out Tampa's name there is because uh, it seems they, like the type they of have player. a. They also have a good relationship with Chicago. We've seen them make a ton of trades in the past. Tyler Johnson. Tyler Johnson there, and then the Hagel trade last last year. We've seen uh, them make a bunch of trades, Tampa and Chicago. So I, I think that the relationship is there, and uh, I think Taze would 100% be okay going to Tampa if they wanted to explore that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to throw out one more player, because uh, I kind of want to dedicate a whole podcast for just going down like one of Craig Button's like, trade lists yeah. and just kind of doing this. <laughs> But we mentioned him earlier, Patrick Kane. I think uh, besides Timo Meyer, which, again, I want to talk a lot about Timo Meyer and all these other big pieces, barring a move within a month from now, um, probably next podcast we'll do that. But yeah, uh, We're still about two weeks away from the deadline, yeah. so I think the next we week have time. or two things yeah. will start heating up a lot more. Exactly. So barring any trades, we'll go down that list. But Patrick Kane. Uh, I like I said before, I, I really think it all depends on what happens with Meyer because I think the Devils are going to go hard for, for Meyer, same with uh, Carolina, and those are really the two teams I, I see going hard after Kane also. I think whichever one doesn't land Meyer goes hard after Kane and ends up getting him. I think Carolina is the biggest name here. I think Carolina, especially like I said with the Pacioretty injury, uh, really goes hard. Colorado could be another sneaky one. Um, again, like this is the type of player that they've been rumored around. Um, again, I would not be surprised if they try to swing a trade for both Kane and Taze. I am going to throw Dallas's name into this too. Yeah. They seem like the type of team that if Kane hops on that top six, you have Pavelski, Hints, Robertson, Sagan, uh, Kane, and. Uh, Forgetting one, I always do this. I always forget like one big player in there. I know Ben's in there, but I wouldn't count him in the top six anymore. There's another one in there, though. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's an elite top six. I think a team that isn't really being talked about a lot is Toronto. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I I think that they're also kind of in the same boat as Edmonton, as yeah. they, they need to start winning playoff rounds because I I I don't know. How, how confident I am in Matthews staying long term. I I think he wants to co- come out to the West Coast, come home. <laughs> oh, not, not even a bias. I I think that I think that could is a real chance of that happening. You I know, agree. You know, Tavares is on a big contract. Nylander's getting one another big contract. You know, Marner is on a big contract. Like I I think that they're gonna start getting to the point where you know these contracts are gonna start building up. They're not gonna be able to to pay a lot of the guys that are coming coming up and starting to break out. Maybe Nick Robertson breaks out. 
So uh, I think I, he gets spelled before that. Really, I, I think that that they need to bring in somebody and start winning playoff rounds. And I think that they have some assets where they can go and get Kane. And I think he brings them over the top. Well, did you hear what Tavares said today? Yeah, he wants the parade in Toronto. Jesus Christ! It begins. Um, I I do think that Toronto is gonna go go hard after somebody. You know, we've seen them give willing to give up first round picks for anybody they gave up one for Nick Foligno <laughs> so I, I think that if if they're Chicago is willing then the Leafs will go hard after Kane the issue and, is, and Kane is willing because he has a no, no move clause I think the issue there I think would probably be like the cap space what would Maple Leafs do because again they have a tight cap space but I think this is the best chance the Leafs have had in since 2004 when they last yeah. won around to win around because again this is weird saying but i believe in their goaltending tandem more than ever yeah more than campbell i think anderson was good but he didn't have a solid backup and now apparently uh matt murray and Ilya samsonov are the lord and savior for toronto which i did not think i was ever going to say but here i am saying that um I think they, I don't see them adding to their top six. I see them adding to their bottom six more, getting those depth forwards. Forwards who are sneaky can go and grab dirty goals for them. I I don't, I just don't see them pushing after Patrick Kane. I wouldn't be surprised if you're right. I just don't think Toronto can have that, that much salary, like eat five mil. And also like, you have your top six of Matthews, Nylander, Taze, Marner, uh, Bunting. Um, like, where are you going to put him in there? Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, I'd, Toronto's probably, like, the place I'm least confident about. But I, I'm just saying that if yeah. if they have the opportunity, I think that they, they go after him. Oh, yeah. They, I, I'm not very confident on them landing him but I they they need to get somebody because they need to win a playoff round Boston could be an interesting place too yeah I, I just think Boston kind of feels like they have their their top six kind of set yeah uh, I, I, I see them going for for more depth because I see it hasn't been too, like too reliable yeah you know um Foligno hasn't been that great Craig Smith isn't that great you know they have guys like Trent Frederick AJ Greer who are good bottom six guys but you know you can't rely on them to produce I think if I you agree. have a guy that you could rely on and that can, you know, score goals in that bottom six, that makes them easily the favorite for the cup. Again, if I was a betting man, I would say he goes to Carolina. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean that I'm gonna I'm gonna end it at this. I think whoever gets Patrick Kane, I think they're gonna be really happy because I think Patrick Kane, even his in his uh grandpa days, are is still a really good player. Um, yeah. Yeah. But do you have anything to add to anything before we start to end and wrap up this podcast? No, uh, I think we'll get a resolution on Chikrin within the next few days. Uh, and and then once uh, we start getting closer to the deadline, I think things will start heating up with Meyer, Kane, Taze, all the big names that can toss it around. Yeah. Um, two things I want to throw out. One is that, you know this, but... I, I got a pretty sick jersey it's from pre-order. The Orlando Solar Bears. Shout out the Solar Bears with their uh, graffiti jersey. Had to pick it up. And uh, Garrett Sparks. Garrett Sparks. Goalie for the Solar Bears now. Solar Bears legend. 
Um, and I do have a little surprise for you. Something awesome happened with our first episode of the podcast. It was ranked. Oh, really? And the Apple uh, podcast. Yes, we were ranked 167. I mean, <laughs> still, like, that's crazy. I thought we were we weren't yeah. going to get ranked in, our, in the first. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, we were we were ranked, man. So thank you guys. I didn't know there were, there were people actually listening. Well, obviously, I knew there was at least one of y'all out there, but I didn't know if we had enough to get ranked 167 in the hockey podcast, and obviously, that's, like, behind, like, big names like TSN's podcast, yeah. ESPN's podcast, Sportsnet's podcast, um, so that, that's awesome to hear. I mean, we're doing this for fun. I'm glad there, there are people listening, though, but, <laughs> yeah, Tyler, uh, I'll ask you anything else that you want to say? Anything else to add? Nope. I think, think we covered everything that's happened. All right. Like we said, uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, Chase Beardsley underscore on Twitter, and then Tyler. I'm uh, Tyler Cass underscore on Twitter. Yeah, so go ahead and check us out. Um, next Monday, unless we do an emergency podcast uh, by then. Yeah, if, I think maybe if Chickren gets traded, if it's, if no, it's we, as big we as gotta we do think, one. Then, we got to yeah. do an emergency podcast. But barring anything too exciting, um, We'll see you guys next Monday. Thank you all for stopping by, and y'all have a great one.